Welcome to this week of Missouri Politics. Stacked week this week, and we are here with a guy who has seemingly had everything to do in the Missouri Senate, which means everything new in state government. Senator Bill Eichel, welcome back to the show. Scott, thanks for having me. Always nice to have the senator from Tax Cuts. <laughs> I appreciate that name, too. Let's talk right now first about vaccines. We're going to get to taxes in a second. Let's talk about vaccines. Okay, so right now... If you want a vaccine in the state of Missouri, you can get one. Mm-hmm. Easy process, right? Right. Even, even I figured out how to get one. Mm-hmm. However, there's some folks that chose not to. Mm-hmm. And now the federal government is making folks, if you do business with the federal government, your company has to be vaccinated. And now there's folks saying you should force businesses to not be able to impact a mandate on them. What's going to happen with that? So, first of all, when it comes to vaccines, uh, I think everybody needs to make their own choice. You know, if, if you're looking for a step-by-step process to make that choice from government, you're probably going down the wrong path. And that the process ought to be, you make your own choice, you're an American. So, uh, I've always been supportive of the freedom to choose what you're going to inject into your body. And that's why, you know, I signed a letter with 15 of my other colleagues mm-hmm. calling on Governor Parson to call us into special sessions so that we can ban vaccine mandates in the state. Uh, and not just vaccine mandates, but vaccine passports, which is the mechanism by which you would enforce a the vaccine little mandate. Co- card right. you get when you, card that you get so it, i want it to be not okay for an employer to ask you hey have you gotten the mandate well, you're or a you businessman the though and you're the you're a member of the party of business mm-hmm. that's right if it would make you more money right if you thought it was a strategic advantage in your business mm-hmm. to be able to advertise that if my guys come into your home to do a construction project they're vaccinated and I thought I'd make more money than that. Who's the government to tell me I can't do that? You know, Scott, I, I ran my own business. I own my yeah. own business. And trust me, every time I would uh, get involved with government, uh, it, would, it generally didn't turn out well because they yeah. wanted more tax dollars or more restrictions. But uh, understanding the proper role of government and understanding that tyranny can actually come from the government itself or it can actually come through agents of the government, which in many cases in America too often are big corporations that may or may not have your best interest in mind. So I, I, I oppose vaccine mandates for the same reason that I support right-to-work legislation in the state of Missouri, and that is there are times where it's inappropriate for even businesses to place restrictions on employee and leverage them or coerce them by holding employment over their heads. Let's talk to the Senator from Tax Cuts Friday. The gas tax in the state went up yep. a little bit, a couple cents, I guess, over time, 15 cents a gallon. Mm-hmm. You have advocated staunchly for increased transportation sp- spending, mm-hmm. but you wanted to move money around. Mm-hmm. You opposed the gas tax. Now it's in, do you think... Do you think just a regular old guy driving his pickup in Texas County is going to notice this? Well, I I think that they've noticed that uh, just in the past 12 months, gas prices have gone from uh, less than $2 Mm -hmm. a gallon to over $3 a gallon. So uh, anytime the the gas price uh, goes up even further, that's not a good thing for anybody in the state. And quite frankly, more than that, Republicans go through every campaign season telling the voters of this state and actually around the country that we're going to lower your tax code. So when we go into office after being voted into office and do something else, that not only erodes the trust in the Republican brand in the state of Missouri, that erodes the trust in our elected officials, which is already at a historic low right now. So uh, I just want to do what I told my constituents I was going to do, which is cut their taxes. So instead of finding ways to make life more difficult for everybody in this state by making it more expensive to buy gas to put that they put in their cars, let's cut their taxes. Let's get rid of personal property tax. Let's get rid of income tax. Let's do what we said we were going to do in campaign season. So break this down for me. Medicaid expansion also went into effect over the weekend. Um, Broders, every time you give them a chance in Missouri, they send more Republicans to Jeff City. Mm-hmm. Every time, not every time, a lot of times they get a chance, they vote on these issue campaigns. They vote, 
the way maybe uh, your colleague Jill Shoup would have voted. Mm. What is the disconnect there? Well, first of all, I think that for a lot of these initiative petitions that are going in front of the people, uh, they're also backed by very dishonest campaigns uh, that are being put over the television and the radio and in the Internet, saying things that just fundamentally aren't true. Yeah, that's fair to say, though, because no, a lot of folks would say the Republicans run on a dishonest campaign, too. Then. No, because uh, they very clearly stated in the Medicaid expansion campaign, mm -hmm. as an example, they stated that this was somehow going to save the state money. I'll they, tell you, they, yeah. Now, they, you, folks sat in that chair right there and told me, year one, this revenue neutral, be like, ah, oh, it's a pig and a pole. You tell me, and it wasn't. It wasn't. So, uh, if, if it, listen, if there were a way where we could get free health care for anybody and it wouldn't actually cost more money, who wouldn't support that? And that's what the Missourians were told when they went to the ballot box. So, uh, I was very clear because I was also elected, reelected in last November when that went on to the ballot that I would continue to oppose Obamacare in this state, just like every Republican that's been campaigning for the past decade would oppose Obamacare. And yet, if you look at the Missouri Senate, we still had Republican senators voting to fund that expansion. What do you think a person that was on First Capitol Drive was thinking when they went? They voted for you, and they voted for Medicaid expansion. Uh, well, you know, it's. I think that they, I know the folks in St. Charles pretty yeah. well, and I think that they have, St. Charles is a county that has always believed in a low-tax, low-regulation environment, mm -hmm. and that's, that's the brand you get when you're talking to Republicans. And so I think they're very comfortable with the message that we were putting out. But again, in a world where we have a tremendous amount of disinformation about Medicaid expansion, expansion, uh, that, that can sometimes, uh, that can shade the decision a little bit, and that's unfortunate. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why we're going to have to look at the initiative petition process, because I don't want very powerful out-of-state special interests coming into the state and lying to our voters. Let's talk about what happened in the Senate in veto session. Mm -hmm. I had Bill White on, Senator White, last week. He kind of broke it down of he didn't believe another senator should be able to take another senator's bill off the calendar. You stood up on the floor and argued many different arguments of why that should have been accepted. Break it down. Give me the Cliff Notes version of what your argument from veto session. So, first of all, I understand pretty well the traditions of that chamber. I've been there for, uh, I'm, I've just finished my fifth session. In and there. been known as a traditionalist from week two, That's I right. remember. So, and, and, I, and I, we have a lot of traditions in that chamber that we respect as colleagues. And uh, this came down to what happened in veto session is, you know, what another one of the traditions of the Senate chamber is that the budget chairman will approach members, especially of his own caucus, to make sure that they're on board with a $37 billion budget. Uh, but... Somehow, some way, that in this $37 billion budget, uh, the budget chairman couldn't find a way to set aside $150,000 for one of the top priorities of the senator from Lawrence, which is Mike Moon, mm -hmm. and the senator from Cass County, which is Rick Bratton. So I don't know that this has this, this problem, to my mind, wasn't generated by Mike Moon or anybody else standing up and trying to fight for their issue during uh, the <clears throat> veto session. This was started by somehow... We decided to have a fight over a half a million bucks in a $37 billion budget because the budget chairman couldn't work it out. Uh, I think that's a real discredit. And for all the folks that were talking about disrespect on that floor, uh, I think we need to take a close look in the mirror at uh, how we're conducting ourselves uh, when, we're, when it comes to how, how much we value relationships with folks that share our same party. So if it were me, uh, and I'm certainly not the budget chair, but if it were me, uh, I would have been looking for ways to accommodate what was a minuscule, fractional ask from a couple members of my party. It didn't happen, and it led to a big fight. Do you think, going forward, if you have a bill on the calendar, another mm -hmm. senator should be able to go to your bill 
and take it over. Well, ideally, if, if I have a bill on the calendar that somebody else believes strongly in, I will respect and have a good enough relationship with them that I can work with them. Uh, clearly, when it came to some of these budget items, that didn't exist. And so we can, can I did see the senators from, uh, or the comments from Senator White, and, and by the way, I love Bill White. Uh, Bill White's been a great assistant majority floor leader for us. He's always on the floor. Uh, I don't think always. It, always on the always. floor. So, uh, you know, I, you can't ask anything else from a member of leadership than Bill White. But the reality is, we can make all the rules that we want to try to change that chamber. But if there doesn't exist a basic relationship and respect between senators, uh, the next time somebody needs $100,000 for a priority of theirs and, and they can't get a response from the budget chairman, we're just going to have other problems. Did you feel good, though, when it came out that they give not only the money to, to Lincoln County, but a whole bunch more money? I mean, there was a bunch of money came out. It seems like the two things that were discussed, one's already been answered, and something tells me it won't be very long in session until Cinder Moon's concerns are met. Well, it, it could be, but uh, why not do both? I, you know, and I, I understood that uh, there was a different way. Uh, there were other possible ways to solve these problems. But again, look at the fight that we had on the floor of the Senate. Uh, we had uh, all sorts of crazy things going on over what was essentially a few hundred thousand dollars. I sit here continue not to be convinced that this wasn't a political motivation on the part of whether it was the budget chairman or even the governor, and that's tough for me to say because we're all Republicans. Uh, but uh, ultimately, that wasn't a good battlefield to, to pick that type of process on, and I was disappointed in that. So, you know, my, my perspective looking forward, uh, we have got, you know, the Republican caucus in the Missouri Senate. Uh, we've got a lot of things that we got to get done this year. We got election reform that we got to get done. We owe the people of this state a tax cut. We've got to get, uh, uh, we've got to have a conversation about IP reform. We got to have a conversation about critical race theory in our schools. And we're going to need to be 24 Republicans all on the same page. And if we're not, if we continue to allow ourselves to devolve into these kind of fights, it's not going to turn out well for our brand. I can't wait. I won't, can't let you go before we talk about something that is exciting. Mm. You're doing a radio show, 93.3 <laughs> here happen? in St. Louis. <laughs> you know, you have to think five, six years ago, you're, a, you're running for state senate. You had to think that's surprising. Now you're doing a radio show. But it's great, 93.3 in St. Louis. How do they find it on the web? Uh, so if you go to realtalk933.com, okay. you can stream it live. Uh, we're on every weekday from 2 to 4, so it takes up a lot of my time, but I really enjoy it. We've had, uh, just in our first month and a half, we've had over 75 uh, guests on the show. Love coming Paul to... Whelan coming on. That was fun. <laughs> That's right. I've had several of my colleagues yep. come on. We talk about everything from what happened to veto session, and we're trying to really give you the, the inside baseball of what's going on in Jefferson City. You know, you're hearing all the, some of the headlines in our mainstream media, and if you want to know what's really going on, that's what we're talking about. It feels like, listen to the show, you're sitting in the Wellens on downtown St. Charles talking politics. That's right. That's what the feel of the show is. It's really good. If, you, if, if folks haven't looked into it, they should. 93, Real Talk 93.3 on the web. That's it. It applies to wherever you are in the state. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's very state politics, folks. It's a great mm -hmm. show. Thank you so much for joining us, Senator. I really appreciate it. Scott, always a pleasure. And we'll be listening to you on the radio. I love it. We'll be right back with our Opinion Maker panel. Donna Berenger, surrounded by Republicans. But first, Go to showinmissouri.com. This is Missouri, one county at a time. We're in Adair County. Talked all about A.T. Still. If you couldn't pay your bill for a surgery, he'd just line up some chairs and let people pay to watch him do it. Great folks up in Adair County. All the history of the state on showinmissouri.com. We'll be right back after this. All across Missouri, our new car and truck dealers are building strong local economies. When you buy a car or truck in Missouri, you're helping to support over 20,000 Missouri families who rely on the auto industry for good-paying local jobs. You're also helping fund our communities, schools, first responders, and our roads because dealers generate millions of dollars in tax revenue. Missouri's automobile dealers have been the foundation of our communities for generations. 
and for generations to come. The Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, the heart of Missouri. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan. Advancing thousands of projects across the state. Helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources. Boost reliability with self-healing equipment. And better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work. Welcome back to this week in Missouri Politics. Greg Keller, the sharpest Twitter account. I have to say, I love it. It's hilarious. And more than I love the tweets sometimes is the reaction to the tweets. It's great. The reaction is sometimes even better. I mean, you've got Mazur, and you just put him in some kind of like, you give him the Stone Cold Stunner on Twitter. It's sad to watch almost. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Donna Berenger, the queen of South City, St. Louis. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Jim Limke, the gentleman of the Senate. Welcome back. I thought you were mad at me. How long's it been? Well, you're a busy man. You know what we're going to do? Thanks. And Derek Good, Mr. Jefferson County, welcome back, sir. Thank you, sir. Je- Senator Lemke, let's start off. But I- I'm going to try to fish an opinion out of you about Medicaid and the gas tax. Go- went into effect on Friday. The gas tax is something that has been, uh, has been fought back and forth. Uh, how much is are being folk- taken out of folks' paycheck right now? I think it's t- uh, this is the worst timing that you can ever imagine, you know, to be raising the people's gas tax. Um, we've got uh, prices of gasoline. We've got inflation, you know, just uh, you know, running rampant. Um, it's going to cost Missourians, and they're going to feel it in the pocketbook. And uh, for anybody that supported it and voted for it in Jeff City, you've got to hope that they're not running in a Republican primary uh, this next year. Well, it's about 15 cents a gallon is, is going to end up being? When it's a little all, bit at a time. Yeah, a little yeah. bit at a time. A little bit at a time. Very good. Uh, Jefferson County is a place that people build roads to because it's growing, right? I mean, it's one of the fastest growing places in the state. Um, I, I thought the best argument I heard for it was when John Ashcroft brought in the 15-year plan in 1992. You dr- I have a big F-150. It, it fits in real nice down around Festus. But it costs less per mile to drive that thing. If, you pay, if you're doing it by the mile, you pay less gas tax on that overall. That's the best argument I heard for it. How's it being taken down in Jefferson County? Well, I think it's tough because, you know, we're a bedroom community. And so everybody drives. And, yeah. you know, when I park my big truck out here... Uh, I'm probably the biggest thing in a parking lot. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, it hits our people pretty hard. But, you know, roads are important, so it's a tough place to be. I mean, I, I would think that Jefferson County has benefited from the 15-year plan. It's benefited from the bonding measure. I mean, when I see 55 get wider, that's because more people are living in Jeff County, right? It is. And, you know, we're looking at widening 55 even more, and, and uh, that's going to lead to some projects that are going to help the entire area. So it's yeah. important for everybody. Greg Keller, I mean, uh, I... I'm not a big tax guy. Yeah. Uh, if there's one that kind of pulls in my heartstrings, I drove to uh, Kirksville and Pike County, and you can drive on a four-lane highway of the Saints up, up, the, up the Mississippi River. You can drive four-lane 36. It does actually improve my life. It's one tax yeah. I actually think improves my life a little bit. Yeah, I understand, and I don't drive a big truck like you guys do. I drive a very expensive sports car, but it still hits my pocketbook the exact that. same way that it does your guys. Um, Here's what I don't understand, and here's what I think free market conservatives don't understand, and I think the senator was getting at this a little bit earlier. 
The state budget for the state of the budget for the state of Missouri now is $35 billion a year. That's billion with a B. And I agree with you, Scott. I think that infrastructure is one of the very few things the government actually should have an yeah. active role in. I just don't know why they can't find any money to fund it amongst $35 billion a year. Well, that was Senator Eichel's point back in the day. He wanted to take right. some existing money and move it around, uh, but then they went with this. Uh, Representative, uh, I mean, I just, when I look at the taxes that you could go across the aisle, I bet you trying to get a tax increase across the aisle on very many things is a non-starter, but roads are some that actually do benefit a lot of the state. They do. And it was very interesting. I was down in Chillicothe, Missouri, and I was with uh, a farmer and his wife who's a teacher, and it happened to be myself and a Republican freshman. And the farmer actually said, thank you for the gas tax. He goes, people forget that us farmers mm -hmm. have to get on these roads. They're not able to handle our equipment. We've got to move goods and services. So we appreciate it. And the Republicans, his mouth fell open because he's just like, we don't believe in taxes. And he goes, well, I believe in moving goods and services, and I'm a farmer, and I have to move my goods and services. And if you look right now at our highways, they are loaded up with these semis that are trying to move goods and services. And so yeah. we have to have better highways. That new climbing hill on 70 makes a yes. huge difference. And that would never happen if we didn't have the money. But once again, everyone thinks there's all this money there, and there's not. We haven't raised the tax since 1996. So now is the time. And I'm still going to have to sit in line at my Costco because those people from Illinois are still paying 47 cents a gallon more than we do in the state of Missouri. Let's talk about Medicaid. You've talked about this many, many times. You know, it's an interesting thing. I think a lot of the, when you look at who voted for Medicaid expansion, there was a lot of people that probably won't get to take advantage of it voting for folks in, in my neck of the woods that will. Tell me why that ultimately won. It won because, first of all, the narrative has always been that these are people that, you know, don't work. And it's the opposite. These are our working poor. They actually make too much money to qualify for the Affordable Care Act. I mean, too much for the Medicare. And then they don't make enough to make an uh, Affordable Care Act. So we have this hole of people who are working, and they're frustrated. We have a lot of frustrated workers in the state of Missouri. And now we're going to take one burden off their shoulders, which is having health care. And they can have preventative. And preventative always in the long run outweighs reactive health care. Certainly, let me break this down for me. Republicans get elected by supermajorities every time they let the every time let folks vote, they send more Republicans to Jeff City, and all those Republicans are against Medicaid expansion. Not all of them. Most of them. Vast most majority of the supermajorities against yeah. them. Then you turn them sideways around, and when they get the, the folks get asked to vote on it, they vote for it. Well, I think the the folks were lied to as far as you know what is Medicaid expansion. Uh, they, you know how are we going to pay for it? I mean, if they knew that other parts of our our, our budget were going to be affected, like K through 12 education, higher education. I mean, the money's got to come from someplace. Mm -hmm. This is going. This is an expansion of a broken, a fundamentally broken system that we spend 40 percent of our budget on, 11 billion dollars. And to expand that broken program, three years ago uh, we did the McKenzie report uh, that identified in a third-party audit for the state identified a, over a billion dollars <clears throat> worth of fr uh, fraud and waste and abuse in the program, and we have not done one reform. To that program. Now, I think that everybody would come to the table and say, we want to provide for those people that can't provide for themselves. We want a program that's actually fiscally accountable and is working for those that need the program. But we won't do one reform to a broken program that's got over a billion dollars of you identified You raised a point about it's a bad time to do a gas tax. If you were going to do Medicaid expansion, this is a bad idea, fine, but, but you're going to do it, it'd probably be right now when you have the CARES Act money, right? This would be the opportune time to do it. 
Right. I know they didn't plan that. They couldn't have known. But it, it may have fallen a fortuitous time to actually do this if that's what's going to happen anyway. Well, but again, uh, don't expand a broken program. Let's fix the program. We've, uh, you know, we've got these dollars raining down as COVID cash coming to the state. We are so rich. With, I mean, in our GR account currently, we have 10 times on what we would normally have in that account on any given day. Mm -hmm. We have generally, you know, 350 to 500 million dollars, and I think we've got three and a half billion in our GR account. It's time I mean, to get crazy. Is what you're saying, I agree yeah. with you, uh, Greg Keller. Let's talk about why, why do folks vote Republican? And then it's not just Medicaid expansion. There's a little string of things that have happened where voters get to ask about an issue, and they vote for the position most Democrats in Jeff City take. Yeah, I mean, the problem, and the senator was getting at it, is that this is going to blow a half billion dollar per year hole in the Missouri state budget. $500 million a year are their estimates of what it's going to blow in the, in the state budget. And let's be clear about what this money is going towards. This money is going towards paying able-bodied people to not work. Very good. I have a theory uh, that may be different than, than my two friends here. I think the reason they may vote Republican in November and they may vote Democratish on some of these other issues is guns and abortion. I've never seen Jeffco send a pro-choice, anti-gun uh, group of legislators to Jeff City. They just used to be Democrats and now they're Republicans. Yeah, I've never seen that in my lifetime. But first, I'd like to say it's nice to hear somebody from the other side admit that the Affordable Care Act is not so affordable. Um, but then beyond that, you know... Look, Republicans still care about people. And when you tug on their heartstrings, they still want to take care of people. The, the problem is the system is broken. Not that we don't want to take care of people. How do you fund it? Where does the money come from? And how do you do it responsibly? Greg Geller, there's a little bit of a U.S. Senate race going on. Yep. Tell me about it. It's pretty exciting on the Republican side of things. We've got two sitting members of Congress, Vicki Hartzer from the western part of the state. Uh, you have, um, oh, I'm going to forget... Um, you got Billy Long. Billy you Long. Got, yeah. Southwest Missouri. I'm sorry, Congressman Long. I'm sorry. I love you. You're the best. You got Mark McCloskey, who we were talking about a little bit earlier, who's kind of of internet fame himself. Eric Schmidt, the Attorney General of our, General of our state, is running. And then you got a guy uh, by the last name of uh, Eric Wright, uh, by the last name of Greitens. Isn't it a good thing though? That'd be a good test. All this family value stuff. Maybe Republicans just need to get over it and don't mean it, right? You vote Greitens. You can't really sit in this chair and say, "Oh, I care about values and stuff." That's over. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm certainly encouraging my fellow Republicans. We cannot have a man who's been credibly accused of rape and sexual coercion as our nominee for United States Senate. I certainly won't be voting for Eric Greitens. I hope other Republicans don't. They're good. Jeff County used to be the bellwether county of the state. Now you might be the bellwether county of some of these Missouri primaries. Tell me what the scene, the lay of the land is. I, if I had to guess in Jeffco, you do have a core group of Greitens supporters. I really thought maybe his floor was a little higher than it may end up being, uh, but there's definitely a core group out there. Then I, I, I think, you know, Folks are still going to have to get used to uh, get to know Billy Long, Vicki Hartzer. I think McCloskey's got a chance because everybody knows him and he's very popular. When he, you're to Lincoln Day, nobody gets their picture taken with more than him. But I think Eric Schmidt, in, in the last since you've been on the show last, has really moved the race with some momentum because when you're Attorney General, you could be in the news every day. And I think he's taken advantage of that. And I think he's done some stuff that I haven't seen him do anything that would be unpopular in a Republican primary. Well, I think that you're right. I think there was this big base of great support at first, but. Um, one of the things that people are starting to see is he really doesn't care about Missouri. He's not here. When yeah. things were going on here, where was he? He was in Arizona. He was somewhere else. He was not here. And, uh, and Eric is here. Eric is here. He's defending the people. And, uh, and people see that. And I think that's what's moving that needle. Lennon Berger, you like, well, if you're going to vote in that primary, I'd probably vote for Greitens, you know. I, I'm just, my, it's beside me thinking that 
we already have Josh Hawley, who I do not think is representing our state, that we would have somebody like Eric Greitens on the Republican side. So from, our, from my viewpoint, that's embarrassing to the state of Missouri. Jim Lumpke, what's the state of play? You've watched a lot of these primaries come and go. Where do you think it is? You know, I don't care who we send to Washington, D.C. I really don't. Uh, Washington, D.C. is fundamentally broken. Uh, whoever the Republican is, and by the way, the Republican is going to win it, okay, sure. I think that's ultimately. Right. So they go up and they're part of that team, right? But actually, they're all on the same team. Um, that's why my focus continues to be on the state of Missouri, um, who is serving in the Missouri Senate, who our next governor is going to be, because we have to start uh, moving policies in this state that will make us competitive with the Texas and the Floridas and the Tennessees. I'm we a, have got to start doing the reforms that will move us in a direction that will prosper this state. So what happens in Washington, D.C., they're going to continue to do what they do, and most likely they're going to implode at some point. And yeah. the states that have their ducks in a row and have, and, and have sought out freedom and liberty will, will rise from the ashes. All right, I'm going to ask you, though, I bet you if I check the old register in South County, you ain't missed a primary in a long time. Oh, we, who's, who's oh so were you asking me who I... Yeah, who, who's who, pulling at you right now? Yeah. Who, who got your You arm? know what? I, you know, um, the AG and I have not always agreed, even when we served in the Senate together, but I like what he's doing. I mean, he's taking advantage yep. of opportunity right now, but at least he's getting off the fence and doing something. One you thing know, I so, think and, taking, I, and he's doing the right things. Vaccine passwords, give me a prediction real quick. Is there going to be a special session on a passport mandate, whatever that is, to show your card? Well, 16 Republican senators have uh, signed a letter and sent it to Governor Parsons and asked him to call a special session. Do you need two-thirds, what you need? Yes. To call yourself in? To call ourselves in. Um, And he has ignored it. That's a problem. That's a problem. We need to do something uh, to protect Missourians and their rights and their freedoms in this state. It'll happen in January. Prediction time. Who's the U.S. Senate nominee if the Republicans I think it's going to be Eric Schmidt. He's had a really busy time lately suing the pants off of the Biden administration. He seems to have a lot of momentum. Who do you think it'll be? You watch politics. On the Republican yeah. or Democrat side? Who wins? <laughs> Who wins? Yeah. Eric Schmidt. Who wins? Eric Greitens. Eric Schmidt. Well, I tell you what, I, I would have said Eric Greitens not long ago. I think Schmidt's moving things around. And I think you're going to remember that presidential race where everybody got a season, Herman Cain. There's going to be a time when Billy Long, Vicky Hartz, or Mark McClosses get their moment to shine. I think that, that's, that's a long time out, but. I might have answered that question, Greitens, a while back. I might answer that question Schmidt today. Well, I, I'm traveling across the state, and there's still a lot of grassroots Absolutely. people that support him. It's, it, it amazes me. Real quick, uh, there was a report that came out that there was like 9,000 children in the foster system gone. You know more about that system than anybody I know. What's the problem? Well, I, it's deep-rooted, and there's a lot of problems. But I'll tell you a couple of things. I talked to Judge Darrell Missy about this a little bit, and he's the guru in my opinion. Yeah. And he said kids are going to vote with their feet. And he said that for years. And when you look at that report and there's like, you know, some 60 kids that they never found, 23 of them had zero visitation with family and friends. Um, we Children's Division goes out of their way to not place with family when 20 years ago they had a DWI or whatever. And instead of per, trying to predict what their future is going to be, let's keep their connections in place and they won't vote with their feet. You know, how do we measure, uh, you know, um how much we care about an issue, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, what we do in the state. I looked at the budget last night. Uh, the line item for foster care is $76 million. So we appropriated $76 million to take care of these. That was these. an increase, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. It gets increased uh, every year. You know, so I, I, don't, I haven't seen the report from the feds, but this is the same federal government that can't, you know, protect our borders <laughs> and uh, can't get our people home from Afghanistan. I mean, so, I mean, 
this is again an example of do we need reforms at the state level? Or is the legislature spending enough time looking at these programs and making them uh, effective for the people they're supposed to be serving? We've been at left Greg Keller, who won the week? I'm going to go with Josh Hawley. Uh, go to YouTube.com and see the dressing down that he gave to Biden's generals in Senate hearing yesterday. It was pretty impressive stuff. Who won the week? Mick Jagger. Who else? Ted Drews, Crown Candy. He made St. Louis great. My aunt's going to love you for saying that. Who won the week? I, I'm going to say uh, the parents of uh, public school students. Um, I'm seeing all over the state them showing up to school board meetings and saying, and not with my kids, you don't. You know what? I, it, it, I think the charter school folks deserve a lot of credit. Kate Koss has done a lot of really sincere good work. I'm not sure it's not school districts pushing those parents away from them. Now. Yeah. Who won the week? Eric Schmidt, Sam Page keeps serving them up softballs and keeping them in the news. He keeps hitting them like uh, Aaron Otto, though. I am going to say a couple folks, maybe a little off topic. Mike Claiborne, Bill Greenblatt, any event you ever show up to in St. Louis, Bill Greenblatt's there taking pictures. A terrific public servant. Mike Claiborne, a legendary St. Louis and one of the most charming, kind people you ever meet. Going to the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, and I can't wait to head down to Springfield and watch. We'll see you next week on This Week in Missouri Politics. This Week in Missouri Politics, sponsored by the Missouri Association of Career Fire Protection Districts, Spire, and Sterling Bank.